It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lee Habib with Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people. And to search for the Our American Stories podcast, Go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the morning of September 11th, 2001, Peter Braxton was the first military pilot in the air over the burning Twin Towers in downtown New York City. It was his first day on the job. Not long after, he did multiple tours of flight combat in the Middle East. Here's Peter with the story of his first combat mission in Afghanistan. Most people don't. They spend their whole career and they don't go to combat. And um, I was one of those, like, those kids that went to preschool or kindergarten at four because my birthday's in October. The next thing you know, I'm 22 and I'm, I'm, I'm being shuttled off to the Middle East. And my first combat mission, you know, I'll never forget it. You know, we're flying, you know, pushing into Afghanistan and refueling all of these coalition fighters and F-16s and Marine F-18s and... And one of our receivers, you know, asked us to turn off the chaff, like the the stuff that drops out of your plane if you're being shot at. And, and I was like, well, you know, we don't have any of that. If that gets stuck, we're we're a big gas tank in the sky. We'll, I don't know, we'll blow up or it's not going to end well. So they don't put it in. We don't have any offensive or defensive threat detection or. And so I remember he radioed. He's like, all right, well, you're getting shot at. Day one, first day, and there's stuff, you know, blowing up next to our plane, and it's a big KC tank. It's a big, we, you know, refueling tanker. Look, we were briefed on um, every day you're, before your mission, you're briefed by the intel uh, officers, you know, where the service to air missile sites are, where the activity is. Um, what types of weapons they have. And, you know, they have these shoulder-fired kind of ancient 
um, missiles, but you know, we called it, I guess the golden BB, right? They're not, they're not that sophisticated, but they can take you out. And, you know, the range on those things are, you know, I think they were 19,000 feet. So here's the good news. Our air fueling altitude is 20 to 30,000 feet. So, you know, if we stay towards the 27,000 feet area, then, you know, there's probably less chance of them being able to hit us. But, you know, as the war progresses, they, they obviously got, they got their own tactics. And what they would do is strap these missiles to a mule and climb up the mountain, like Sherpa up the mountain to about, you know, 12 or 14,000 feet. And then you can do the math. They can reach you. And so, you know, there were occasions where they were, they were shooting at us. And, and again, no offensive or defensive threat detection. So how did we know our, you know, we had contact with command and control and they would tell us, you know, what quadrant or what's, you know, you've got to launch rifle, rifle. So, you know, there's not much tactics that you can do in the KC-10. You, we could do this kind of retrograde maneuver um, where you climb away from the threat. And, you know, if you're still alive in seven seconds, great. <laughs> you know, it can be described as hours of boredom followed by moments of sheer terror. You know, that's, that's kind of accurate, actually. But, I mean, I've had to do that before. I've had to, I've had to do that maneuver to climb away from the threat and, there was, it was a part of my life. And at the time it was tough. It was really hard, really, really hard. This is a, it's, it's a huge mental load emotionally to be 22, 23, 24, have this type of machine that you're responsible for and the people to operate it and to motivate and incentivize and actually bring them home alive. That's, that's what I, I would tell them. This machine flies itself. And, you know, my only job is to get you home. And I remember landing and I was thinking, what did, I, what did I get myself into? Like, what, what happened? And it, it's so mentally taxing if you're not used to it or, or you're not seasoned. I remember we landed around 5 p.m. And, you know, sun was going down. It's late. It's in November, early November. And the sun's going down. And I just, I passed out. I think it was just mental exhaustion. I was in my uniform. I was still had my boots on. We're in a tent on a cot. I, I probably almost face planted. I was probably asleep before my head hit the pillow. And you're supposed to be allowed 12, 12 hours of uninterrupted rest. And, and so what seemed like 12 hours later, somebody alerted me. I woke up. I was still in my uniform. I still had my boots on. It was five. And I remember walking out of the tent. And I was like, this is what, what side of the planet are we on? Why is the sun going down. It's getting darker. I had slept for 24 straight hours. They woke me up at 5 p.m. I was alerted for my second combat mission and the sun was going down. I don't know too many people who can sleep for 24 straight hours, but it takes some type of mental exhaustion for that to happen. I didn't get up, no food, no water, no bathroom breaks. And I remember thinking, this is, this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be. And that's, you know, again, I guess that's what these troops go through. And that's why they probably deserve some, some gratitude and, and latitude 
um, for what they do. I know they're called to do it, and it's their duty, and they're trained to do it, but it's not easy. It wasn't. It wasn't easy. And a terrific job on the production, editing, and storytelling by our own Greg Hengler. And a special thanks to Peter Braxton for sharing his story of his first day up in the air as a pilot, a trained pilot in the U.S. Air Force in Afghanistan. And on that very first day, he hears the words, you're getting shot at. And he's flying a KC-10, by the way, a big refueling tanker. And every day he's briefed about the perils of being in the air. The intel officers are telling him the kind of weapons the enemy has, where to go, where not to go. But of course, war and combat, well, they're unpredictable. And in the end, he had one task, bring his crew home. And bring them home, he did. The story of Peter Braxton's first day of combat in Afghanistan, here on Our American Stories. This is Lee Habib, host of Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people, and we do it all from the heart of the South, Oxford, Mississippi. But we truly can't do this show without you. Our shows will always be free to listen to, but they're not free to make. If you love what you hear, consider making a tax-deductible donation to Our American Stories. Go to OurAmericanStories.com. Give a little, give a lot. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.